Hello, dog lovers. The dog days of summer are definitely here in Nashville, and this week we are revisiting episode 25, Six Dreaded Dog Park Dangers and How to Neutralize Each One. In this episode, we will learn six different dangers to watch out for at the dog park and how to effectively deal with them. Plus, as a bonus, Benny and Devin finish the episode with a game of dog park trivia. Cheers! This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior so you can get the best results from your dog training. This show is brought to you by FamilyDogFusion.com, the online training community where dog lovers from all walks of life can learn how to help their newest puppy or even their oldest dog become the best, happiest member of the family. Get your free membership with access to professional online dog training at FamilyDogFusion.com. This is Devin Bess, co-founder of Family Dog Fusion and co-host of Discover Your Dog. In episode 25, Benny Copeland, the emperor of Eskimo dogs, tells us six, count them, six dreaded dog park dangers. Also, learn why I might move to Nashville, or at least moonlight there for a bit. And stay tuned for some dog park flavored trivia that we're sure you're going to love. All in this The More You Know episode of Discover Your Dog. We're on episode 25 today. We are. We are. And it is the Ides of March. As of this recording, that's uh, March 15th. This is uh, the day where we celebrate the anniversary of the assassination of Julius Caesar 2060 years ago. Right. Why do we still celebrate that? (laughs) I think Shakespeare did it um, by making it famous in his play. Julius Caesar. Uh, and uh, it's funny. I've seen some of the things on Twitter today. I saw somebody um, had, had a bottle of uh, Caesar dressing with a knife stabbed through it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Today is also another significant day. It is. What's that about? Daughter's birthday. Dun, dun, dun. How uh, old is she today? Yeah. That should have came out last um, yesterday, actually, because we recorded... Uh, a while, you know, two weeks ago, and that uh, will come out in the recording tomorrow. Yeah. So, you know, I don't have to say anything else about that. <laughs> It'll be Whoa. two weeks from now when she hears this, if she <laughs> listens. So, <laughs> Well, man, um, here in Louisville, the weather is stunningly beautiful, and um, the what? allergies... Are you talking about the weather again? I am. Well, I'm segueing into why my voice might sound a little nasally today. I don't know if you... Can. I got you. I actually have... <laughs> I cannot hear out of my left ear. And yeah, this is the first, I freaked out, man. Two nights ago, it suddenly went dark, you know, and, um, or went dim or whatever. And it was one of those moments where I started to panic a little bit. So I've been putting some drops in the ears and, and, um, and riding it out. It's a normal sinus issue with me for all my life. You lose your ears? Well, yeah, you know, the, the, it just, they just get clogged. I mean, my sinuses get clogged and I can't hear normally. I can't smell normally. I can't do, you know, taste or anything normally. Oh, you know, you just answered another question. I was wondering, I made this batch of iced tea earlier today and it tastes terrible. (laughs) What am I doing wrong? (laughs) There you go. It could be, it's just bad. I don't know. No, I, I make a mean batch of iced tea, dude. I pride myself. Um, so what else is going on? You uh, yeah, it's a big thing for me too because it's in the change of the weather is what really, really you know gets my sinuses going. And used to I'd be taking medication all the time and right. everything, and 
I don't do it. And it's so funny, Tam would always go, well, maybe you're allergic to something. I, I'd go, I don't have any allergies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing. So you're the one human. Last year I went, well, maybe I'm just allergic to something. She's like, see, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> well, admitting an allergy is not, uh, you know, nothing. We're all allergic to something. You know, we, I, I learned a correlation. I don't know what the numbers are on this exactly. And one of the reasons that I don't take medications, especially for colds and flus and stuff, is because learned years ago that there's a correlation between allergy shots in the fall and then the incidence of people getting the flu and like there's this connection the more we take shots the more the next season we're really? we're sicker yeah and uh-huh. um we're usually sicker in the following season um yeah. and this is statistically i don't know what the stats are on it exactly and it just struck me that if there's genuine genuinely a correlation then maybe there's something to it and yeah. you know i stopped taking medications i don't know probably seven or eight years ago and Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. 2007 ish. And now I suffer. I mean, you know, when I, when I get down, I get down and it's, uh, I seem to go through it more quickly than, um, people around me. And I also seem to get sick less frequently than yeah, people around me. It's very rare that I get sick. Yeah. And plus I love to, I love to be outside, you know, it wouldn't matter if I had allergies or whatever. I would just want my body to adapt because I'm going to be outside. I mean, this is the time I'm out on my deck first thing in the morning having coffee. And, you know, I'm, that's one of my goals this, um, for the annual group for the yearly goal is to, um, put a cover over half my deck just so I can be oh, out cool. there on days like yesterday when it was just, you know, a light rain. Well, I think you can imagine, uh, I love air conditioning. <laughs> I love being indoors. I am, um, I, I'm not a big fan of insects. I'm not a big fan of, of, um, <laughs> Just the whole outdoor experience, and I think it shows in the pallor of my skin and the fact that you know, I, I tell people that my the pallor I'm not white. I am fish belly white. <laughs> this is my race, my species, and um, and I you know this is the time when it's so funny. You and I are so different in this regard because this is the time when I close all the doors. <laughs> you know, I make sure that I got sunscreen on if I go outside. Sometimes you know, yeah. And when this comes out, actually, um, it'll already have been spring. Yeah. And March 30th is national. Well, it, I, I found out during research, it's actually an unofficial national holiday, but apparently they, uh, they still celebrate it. It's national take a walk in the park day. And I said, it's national take your dog for a walk in the park day. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Because of what we do. And I think uh, park walks and things like that are an excellent opportunity to really, you know, continue that bond with your dog and to really learn valuable information about your dog and maybe even other dogs like with dog parks and things like that. And I felt like it would tie into our campaign because we've been talking basically in the negative the whole time, you know, how are we going to prevent animal cruelty instead of saying in the affirmative, and this is a way of saying, how do I show my animal love or how do I show my dog love? And I feel like that that's a, a very important aspect of what we're doing. It's not about just preventing, but it's also about creating that communication and creating that bond with your uh, pet. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because it is, I mean, although prevent is an active verb and so on and so forth, it's still, it, <laughs> no, it is, it still is, uh, you know, thinking in the negative and, um, and you know, the ASPCA, that's the campaign that we're building up to here. Um, April 6th is our big thunderclap day when the big announcement goes out and our, right. um, our episode is going to be geared around, you know, about the about the specific event. And still, the way that we really do it is that we what we're doing with our show, you know, we are showing we're enhancing people's ability to have positive relationships with their dogs and to integrate their dogs into ever more facets of their life. 
And by the way, I'm going to get on you here. Uh, okay. You need to get some people signed up. I think I've gotten the last nine people signed up on this thing. I tell you what, I have been very frustrated by my by my <laughs> efficacy, and I'm wondering about that. I'm wondering if it's because we're we're 100 funded when people click over, you know. And um, I've had a well, few people. I'm, you know, the the funny thing about that is, is that I'm actually sitting at people's side and walking them through it. Okay. And yeah. I've had to do that. I mean, I literally have had to sit at someone's you know table or someone next to them and say, "Hey, can you get on?" iTunes on your, or can you get on Facebook on your phone? It's very rare someone says no. And I'm like, okay, we'll pull up Facebook really quick. And then I walk them through the whole thing. And it's so funny because I get them all the way to that support page and I go, now look, here's what's going to happen. It's going to send this ad that you're looking at right here to all of your friends on April 6th. Now, if you don't want to do it, I totally understand. You don't have to do it. But if you hit support, you're going to be supporting me and my friend um, and our podcast and prevent animal cruelty. And every time they hit support. Now, obviously, I'm guilting them into it because yeah. I'm sitting right over their shoulder, too. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it in a previous, or actually, we, I think we talked about it in the addendum that guilt, I feel like guilt is one of the most useless human emotions. I know, right? <laughs> and yeah. here you are. It's useful when you're on the other side of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's excellent for a manipulative tool. <laughs> <laughs> That's Especially great. Especially when I need listeners to my podcast. I mean, right now we're at a social reach of 159,000 people. That's incredible. And one more thousand, we're over 160,000. And, and uh, you know, obviously our goal has been from the beginning 200,000 uh, social reach. So we have to get some more people. I think no. we'll get there. Um, I'm still going to keep beating these drums. Thank you for the support. I will definitely step it up. Um, a little competitiveness right. coming out of me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, you ready to bounce into today's topic? Yes, I'm ready to walk right into that. Oh, uh, see, I'm bouncing. You're walking. Rock and roll. Let's skip. You want to skip? <laughs> <laughs> That's so what are we talking about today, Benny? Today... We are going to talk about, um, I looked up, one, I looked up this national holiday, and like I said, it is an unofficial holiday, and I felt like that it is a very important aspect, and one of the things that are a very large growth in the last five years or so is dog parks, and, you know, dog parks are a great way to get your dog out for, um, yeah, being around other people, around other dogs, learning the value of understanding how to behave in these social situations. And the, for the most part, we don't. You know, our dog just lives in our house or lives at our yard or, or whatever. And we don't have these opportunities. And so many people, especially with the growth of urban living, I don't know about you guys, but here in Nashville, we're having on average 100 people a day moving into Nashville. Really? Now, Tam says, stop. <laughs> stop coming to Nashville. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's good for our other tourism business, you know, the the brewery tour business. Oh my gosh, it's great for that. And we're getting so many tourists and so many people. We're actually the number one bachelorette destination in the United States. What? Yes. That's awesome. I I, I might be moving to Nashville. Right. Great opportunities. Remember, they're getting married. Well, the 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 All one woman is her the, her her, uh, her horde of people around her are not. <laughs> I'll tell you, at any given moment, you can go downtown on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, and you're going to see a minimum of five bachelorette parties. One time, I counted fourteen. 
bachelorette parties downtown and just driving through downtown. Wow. Are you getting a lot of that action with your business? We are. Yeah. We are. We've already had people that have um, booked the tours and booked the bus all the way out till August. Uh, oh, man. Do you ever need a guest driver? Come on. We need one this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into these Saturday, dog parks. So, um, you know, um, when I think of dog parks, I don't think of dog parks, you know, as a non-dog owner, you know, right. kind of. I don't think about, hey, let's take the dog out and go do this. You know, I, I, there are tons of, of green areas here in Louisville. And um, as such, you know, Seneca Park is one of those parks where the, everybody's running and biking and walking their dogs. And, you know, that's the sort of thing I think. Uh, is there a, obviously, there's such a thing as a dog park, right? I mean, we wouldn't right. be talking about it otherwise. So what? Actually, uh, parks that the dogs can go in off leash. Um, there are a few here that range from about an acre uh, to all the way up to about six to seven acres. We not only have large, uh, or we not only have dog parks, but we have dog parks exclusively for small dogs, you know, 30 pounds or less. Oh. Huh. Uh, so there are even exclusive dog parks, which I think is a very important aspect too, if you want your dog to be safe and in an environment with dogs its own size, things like that. Well, anyway, through this process, I looked up um, on this site. It's called Life script.com lifescript.com and they had this little article called six dog part dangers now i read this and i have very much an opinion about all of these things not so much that they're dangers but so much that you know we need to be responsible dog owners and looking through these items i thought well these are things that we could be you know, that we can just be on the lookout for. And I thought it would be very good to go over these six items and talk about it. How can we look, be on the lookout or how can we avoid or um, how can we avoid or help our, our dogs in situations like this? So I thought I would go over those six items. Okay. Do you want to maybe you read one, I read one and we discuss? Sure. We can okay. do that. All right. Why don't you lead off then? Okay. So number one, aggressive dogs. Now, for the most part, people are bringing their dogs to dog parks to socialize. And because of this, they don't really know the level to which their dog is going to play. And some dogs play very rough. Now, I know when I've gone to a dog park, um, I've had very few problems with this. And typically, the people are very good at policing themselves in these situations. Um, and I know when I went with um, a person one time, and my dog was playing, another dog was playing almost too rough. And the person that I was with was like, let's get her out of here. Let's go. We got to go. We got to go. And I was like, no, she's fine. And she took care of herself and it was, and it was fine. And some people don't like the high level of aggressionness that some dogs play. And, you know, you've got to be ready for it. You got to be ready that some dogs are going to play rougher, just like kids on the playground. You know, yeah. you always notice that the really rough kids that play are on one end and all the other, you know, kids that don't play so rough are on the other end of the playground. Well, they sort of naturally gravitate toward the area where it's most comfortable for them. I'm sure. Right. And dogs do the same thing. Yeah. Typically dogs are going to mill around where all the people are. So if you have, um, are seeing that happening in the midst where everybody is, you just move out, move away. Typically your dog's going to move with you. Um, especially if you guys have been working together and you got to have a good bond. You know, I think a takeaway that I'm I'm just coming up with right now is um, just because it's a dog park, 
it is not the opportunity for me to relax that awareness that we've been talking about this entire time. It actually is a great, that's a, that's a good point, and it's a great opportunity, like I told you in the past, and I've said in a couple times that, you know, I've really learned about dog behavior just simply watching dogs in action. All right, well, that was number one, aggressive dogs. Standard disclaimer here, um, if, there's a, if our audience does have an issue with an aggressive dog, it's really important to get their trainer involved in the assessment of the situation Absolutely. and don't rely upon what we're teaching here uh, because your situation is unique and it needs a set of eyeballs that are not your own. That's very good. That's a very good um, assessment there. Thank you. Number two were um, germs and diseases. Think about this too. There's uh, lots of possibilities for this. Dog, dog feces can cause ringworm. Uh, it can breed mosquitoes, other bugs. Um, what sort of uh, precautions should we take with regard to dealing with disease at these parks? Well, I mean, the main thing is just make sure your dog's vac- vaccinated. You know, um, just like everybody else, I, I, I feel like that if you are treating it as if you were going to go camping or traveling with your dog, or you were going to travel, you take certain precautions. Um, some people take certain medications. Some people do certain things. Now, I'm not saying to do that with your dog. And there are ways to take precautions with your dog so that um, you are watching them and making sure that they don't get into dog feces, that they, you know, if you're going to be out and about, um, maybe take a walk around the park just to see, uh, there, you know, a lot of people don't pick up their poop. I know um, I used to pull four bags out of the, um, had a little bag thing and pick up at least four piles of poop just so I felt like I was doing my part, you uh-huh. know, including my, you know, picking up my own dog's poop whenever he did go to the bathroom there. And not everybody does that. So you have to be very aware of that. So kind of walk the park, see where your dog is playing and know if that area is going to be, you know, free of uh, feces. Um, also, if you're going to be throwing the ball, you know, have an idea of where you're going to be throwing the ball or playing with toys or something within the park as well. And we're going to talk about that later. All right, great. Well, number three is the unaltered dog. Unaltered. There are dogs that people will not fix and they bring them to the park. Now, typically, if your dog is fixed, you don't have to worry about this. Your dog is already fixed. So it only thinks it's an it. It doesn't know if it's a male or a female and there's not going to be a problem. Now, if there is a dog that's a female there, um, you will definitely know if it's in heat. I can promise you dogs will not leave that dog alone. Um, and hopefully you're not in a position where you're bringing an unaltered dog. Male dogs that have mated in the past can become aggressive, uh, especially in a dominant or a male-female situation um, if there are unaltered dogs. And for the most part, that's not usually a problem. So there's very little worries in that situation. Well, the worry would be not for, you know, that that's what I would discover at the dog park is that that's what I would be bringing to the dog park if I had a dog that was unfixed. And right, so, and that's where, you know, with me and, and we've talked about this in the past that I'm very much about getting your dog fixed. And um, this is a situation where a responsible dog owner uh, should not be in situations like this anyway. Right, right. So that's on me, you know, to make sure right. that if I've got a dog that's not fixed, I'm going somewhere other than the dog park. And you're just walking. I right. mean, you can walk in the park. I love to do that. Right. I might take a leash along, though, you know, if it, even if uh, it were, you uh, have to in Nashville. I don't know about Louisville. But oh, yeah, we have law. leash laws all around in the <laughs> yeah. surrounding suburbs as well. Right. 
All right. Uh, number four, food and toys can present a danger. Uh, other, other people in the park may want to give the dog a treat, you know, and uh, if we're, if I'm not a treat trainer, or maybe I, if I don't know the sort of treats that they are going to provide. I want to, I want to be aware of that, especially given the, the episode where we talked about, uh, you know, poison prevention and human food versus, uh, versus dog food. Got any comments on that? Yeah, I do. And, and that's, that's really good observation because I, I don't know that, you know, whether I'm a treat trainer or not, doesn't make a difference in a situation like this because it's a, it's an unsolicited treat. You know, it's just a treat. Yeah. It's not for doing anything. Right. Even though I have had people that would offer my dog a treat and then try to make my dog sit down, you know, <laughs> yeah, of course that's classic. What are you talking about, <laughs> you know, um, so, uh, what my, my biggest thing with this is I don't like the fact that just someone else is giving my dog food. Um, I'm not really hip on the whole, Hey, you know, that you can think that you can just come in there and, and feed my dog. You don't know what my dog's diet is, or you don't know what I allow and don't allow my dog. Um, and if I was going to do that, I would definitely be polite enough to ask first before I gave someone else's dog a treat. Sure. Um, and the other thing that, uh, well, well, something that I saw, I was actually reading about different dog parks all over the United States. And I saw that there was this one where this lady would bring in unsolicited dog treats that she made at home. And I'm just, that to me, really, I'm like, Ugh. yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know how clean you are at home or, you know, what kind of regulations you go through or put in. And I can't imagine that that would be a bad person and that they would do anything with any intent. And yet I'm just not real comfortable with that. So, you know, just do use your own judgment. I think that that's an important one to use your own judgment on. All right, great. And number five is children. Yes, some people bring them to the park. And because it is my personal belief that you cannot train some people, you cannot train family members, and you cannot train children, so it is very important to train your dog and how to behave in the situation around children and other people and family members and things like that instead of trying to train your family how to behave around your dog. So, um, with, and, and yes, that's very tongue in cheek. And with <laughs> that, I want you, you know, again, you to use good judgment when you're going to a park and someone has brought their child there. And I mean, I've seen everything from people bringing their child in a papoose, you know, where they've got them strapped onto them and dogs will still jump, you know, and could hurt your child and things like that. So, it it just is again the best to avoid small children if you can. Um, uh, you know if you can't avoid that or your dog just can't seem to leave them alone, it's time to you know leash them up and head out. Leash up the child or the dog? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, never the dog. <laughs> yes, the ch- yes the dog. Be responsible. All right, and the number six dog park danger: puppies and small dogs. And you mentioned earlier that there are small dog parks and often there's not small dog parks. It's a you know right. mixed blend. What do you got to say about that? Encountering those kind of animals at the uh, park. Yeah. It's, it's just to, uh, again, be respectful, you know, and, um, understand that if your dog is again, overly exertive to a small dog, then, you know, it may be time to go. Um, and also be very leery of puppies. Uh, typically most dogs don't have all their shots until they're four months old. So, you know, any dog younger than this could have, some kind of disease or could be very susceptible to something. 
And, you know, the last thing I'd want my dog, you know, because he had a cold or something to give something to a small puppy. So, again, I'm not really big on my dog interacting with dogs that are, you know, much less than six months old. Um, And also, you have to understand not everybody else is responsible. You are the most responsible person. You get all your dog shots. You know, we understand that our dog lovers and our listeners take responsibility and they avoid any possible situations. And it really does come down to common sense, uh, being safe and respecting others um, in situations like this. They are not very, they're not policed very well by any kind of um, officials or officiates. So it's very important that we're able to police them amongst ourselves and to be polite and respectful. You know, it didn't even occur to me. It's not like they have lifeguards at these parks, right? Nope. Don't. Again, I mean, let's bring it home here. And that is just because it's a dog-centric environment, I need to keep my awareness up, my alertness to where the dog is, uh, what the environment is, you know, the the surroundings, what's happening really at any given moment. So it's it's, it's an opportunity and uh, really an obligation for me to pay close attention to what's going on. Yeah, it is. We now have probably seven dog parks just right within Metro Nashville. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And because of the popularity, because of the urban living that we had talked about earlier, people moving into Nashville all the time, um, because of all of this, I know it's going to become more and more popular. And it does really depend on responsibility, respect, and safety. That's awesome. This is a, a good topic. I did not anticipate it having this much... Uh... You know, I mean, that's some some surprising information there for me. Yep. Good. Benny, you know, at the beginning of each show, um, you may or may not even hear this unless you listen to the show. I have a little pre-recorded intro that mentions membership at Family Dog Fusion and some of the benefits that that entails. And I'd like to talk about a little bit of that today. Um, this is a this is a value to our to our audience because in this, uh, you know, we we talk on our show about a wide range of topics and each show is themed around a particular theme. And sometimes we do specific basic training information and sometimes we do not. Um, the membership that we provide, the free membership currently uh, available at familydogfusion.com slash register is it's got three excellent resources for our audience. And those include, we have a PDF in there, an ebook called potty training your dog. And it's a step-by-step guide that teaches the do's and don'ts and gives some personal rules to guarantee success for potty training the dog. Great resource for our, for our audience. And also, we have the Tools for Training Your Dog ebook. And these are the specific techniques that professional dog trainers like Benny use to create obedient dogs. And there's, there's some great information on there. Like, for example, how to tell the subtle difference between praise and motivation and which techniques to use in which situations. So those are two ebooks that we provide, Potty Training Your Dog and Tools for Training Your Dog. And then we also provide a video that is specific techniques on walking a dog on a leash. There you go. It's a, it's a great little video. It's about 10 minutes. And we actually had one of uh, your client's sons record and produce it. And uh, so we kind of involve your, you know, your, your people down there. And uh, it's, it's a great resource. So if our audience would like to take a look at this free membership, Go to familydogfusion.com slash register and get signed up today. So, Devin, today I thought that I would actually do some dog trivia. All right, great. 
And I figured I would uh, work it around uh, the dog parks and, you know, just give you a little trivia. As I was going through, I looked up some information about dog parks. It's funny. I found a lot of this on Wikipedia, um, which is, you know, very informational. And why I avoid Wikipedia, I don't know. Oh, because it's unreliable. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, so I'm going to give you a couple questions and see if you know. All right. uh, the answers, and if you don't, we'll give out the answers, and we'll go from there. Do I get points for guessing? Oh, yeah. You get uh, five points for every correct guess. <laughs> so, number one, Dallas is the site of a dog park called White Rock Lake Dog Park. A very famous person was the first to throw a ball for his dog at the park. Who was he? And I'll give you a little hint. He's a baseball player. Oh, great. Give me a time frame. How about that? Do you know? Uh, he's retired. If I know, if I, I, man, I don't even know anything about sports. I'm not even going to. Hank Aaron. This. No. Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So he's a pitcher. Yeah. One of the greatest pitchers of all time. Well, there you go. You should have guessed the greatest pitcher of all time <laughs> if he's going to throw a ball. I wonder if he <laughs> threw that sucker at like 90 miles an hour and his dog go chase it. <laughs> Reach the end of a six-acre dog park. <laughs> that would be fun. His dog's like tearing off after it. <laughs> Number two, and this is a three-parter. What was the first official dog park in the United States? Somewhere in Washington, D.C. You know what? The the closest thing I could find it was at one in New York City, and I couldn't find if it was the affer- official first dog park. I couldn't even find the year. Oh, okay. So I really don't know. I don't okay. know the answer to that. And I do know the answer to the next two. What was the first official dog park in Louisville, Kentucky? Oh, man. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Sawyer Park. I Tom Sawyer, yeah, Sawyer EP, park. Tom Sawyer Park. No kidding. There you go. That's yeah. cool. That's I mean, that is, that's, uh, that's five miles away from here. There you go. And it was a it was the very first official dog park in Louisville, Kentucky. That's awesome. What was the very first official dog park in Nashville, Tennessee? That would be the Benny Copeland Memorial Park. That, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> that would mean I'm dead. <laughs> Honorable. Uh, uh, in honor of Benny Copeland. There you go. Okay. Um, it was a Centennial Park. It's on a little place called Flagpole Hill. And they actually, when they first built it, they built a large dog and a small dog park. So the oh. large dog park is about four acres. And to me today, it is still the best dog park in Nashville because it has a lot of trees in it. Um, they've built a lot of places for people to sit. Um, it has running water in it for the dogs. It's a very, very nice park. And it's right dead in the middle of um, Nashville. So it's in Centennial Park where the Parthenon is, if anybody knows that. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So number three, in what year were dog parks considered the fastest growing segment of city parks? In other words, they were building more dog parks than any other city parks. And this is nationally or is this in Nashville? United States. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb and say 1994. Now, you know, I was looking up, I don't know that dog parks, you know, it, that may have been when they first started coming about in the mid to late 90s, um, but it actually says 2011, and I no saw kidding. this in multiple places. Yeah, so they were the fastest growing segment of city parks being built 
um, throughout. So a lot of them were being built within city parks. And then a lot of them were being built on like metro property, things like that, and uh, created as a park for dogs when there really wasn't a park for people or anything else there anyway. That's cool. That really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. 2011. So Awesome. Well, thanks, man. I had no idea about any of that stuff. Yep. Me neither. It was fun. It was fun researching that. And it's actual dog trivia, not the little riddles that you so <laughs> loved. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. Dog lovers, we would love for you to give us some reviews on the iTunes music store. Now, this helps us out and it helps you and the audience out in general because what it does is it puts in public what you like and what you dislike about the show. It gives potential listeners the opportunity to assess whether or not this is something that they want to get into. And it gives us valuable feedback about how we're doing on this show. So please give us some feedback. Go to familydogfusion.com slash iTunes. And what this will do is it will redirect you to the webpage on iTunes. And then from there, you can open your iTunes app and subscribe and rate our show. Now, you have to subscribe in order to give a written review. And that's what we want. We want to get that solid feedback. So please go to familydogfusion.com slash iTunes and give us a review. Thanks. All right, everybody. We'll see you all next week when we interview an animal control officer. See you then. Keep calm and walk the dog. All right, coming up. I just snapped my fingers. Dang it! <laughs> coming up next. Da-na-na-na.